heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey. We are very glad to have you with us today. And I'm excited today that this is Andy's week. Andy's week to oh pick a movie. Andy? Yahoo. Andy? <laughs> yes, we could have Andy. I don't know. It sound, uh, after all the dis- uh, pre-show discussion, I'm not sure I really want to be here. If anybody <laughs> wants to stand in, please That's okay. I'm sharing a mic with Robbie, so I'll just pull it away from him every <laughs> now and then. Yeah. Please do. Yeah. Now, we started, uh, I don't know, four, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, something like that, this series on... You know, what's your favorite movie? And it's not just what's your favorite movie. What, what has God taught you through a movie that really spoke to your heart? You know, and so the first week uh, we had, Robbie, what was yours? It was... It was Lincoln. It was Lincoln. And then we had the painful second week, which was Jim's, <laughs> which he can't defend himself. <laughs> that was uh, Princess Bride. Yeah, Princess Bride. Right. And then the last week we had yours, Darren. We had Point and Shoot, which was mine. And then when Andy brought up his this week, I was like, man, I should have. I wanted that one, you know, and I, it was just one that I had kind of forgotten about. But um, I, I used Robbie's system. Robbie said, you know, he came up with 20 movies and looked through them and kept saying, OK, which one do I want? If I could only watch one right now, which one would it be? And that's kind of where I ended up on point and shoot. And that's probably where yeah. Andy. Ended I just up. usually end up at Shrek. That's next week. Yeah, it might be Shrek next week. <laughs> going back and forth between that and another one. But Andy, what what is the uh, the movie for this week? So it's unbroken and uh, just uh, just a uh, kind of a preparation. It's in the uh, it's sequels in the theaters now, and that's not really why I picked it because I've always there's been other times when we wanted to use clips from it or I've wanted to use clips from it, but they didn't really work out because there is so much dramatic pause in this movie and it's hard to get good clips and and you'll hear some of that on the clips. But I chose it because I've really felt like there's a lot of aspects. They're not overt. Uh, like what we bring out in the masculine journey a lot of times this is somebody that hasn't really uh, uh, really dedicated walking with God but you'll see a lot um, of how God's hand was on him and and really what the plan God had for him in his in his life but a little bit more about um, Unbroken Um, it's a the story of Louis Zamperini Uh, started out as a uh, kind of a wayward kid in a strict Catholic uh, home uh, he went on and he kind of got some direction from his brother. He uh, went on and ran in the Olympics, the 1938 Olympics, and did fairly well. Ended up being going to war, uh, was sh- uh, shipwrecked, so, uh, kind of uh, shipwrecked on the sea for like 47 days. And then um, he's, re- he's rescued, but he's in a POW camp. And I just wanted to give the synopsis because there's so much to talk about. And we'll right. set up the clips, but I just wanted to give the backstory a little bit. Yeah, the bit book is like it. 9 million pages yeah, exactly. long. But you know what? The, the book is amazing. It, it, it is. Was, you yeah. and I read the book at the exact same time. Yeah, it um, was uh, written by Laura Hildebrand right. that yeah. wrote um, Seabiscuit. Yeah. And she did a lot of research mm-hmm. on it. And it's just a, an amazing book. And it's an amazing story. And, and the movie touches on a lot of those pieces of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but why don't you talk a little bit about this first clip uh, as we start to, to learn more about right. Louie and his life. So the first clip, and some of them you'll be there. It's 
you know, it'll be hard to hear some of the stuff and, and understand what's going on. It's a very visual movie. But anyway, he, uh, Louis gets in trouble. Um, just kind of just the backstory behind that is just he's got a, a strict father that's not really that close, and he's kind of going Are they speaking Italian in this final? Uh, there is some Italian on there, and uh, I, I think and I so can Vinny's, pick up Vinny's LeCour. not here to uh, – No, no, Vinny's not here translate, to translate. No, so, so well, I hate that. <laughs> he's not – well, we have to do a call in for him to – um, and then it, and then it, 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 there's another clip uh, as part of that clip. It's kind of um, his brother kind of steps in to trying to give him some guidance. So yeah, he was uh, in the movie. He was in trouble a lot. Right. I mean, it wasn't anything really serious. Right. You know, it's just kid stuff. But you know, at yeah. the time, he was running from the police well, a fair amount. Part of it is too is he was a uh, Italian kid that only sp- spoke Italian in an area in California, and he was being beaten up and that kind of thing. So he's kind of. Um, you know, just um, embattled, kind of. Yeah, right. Here's our first clip. The only reason you're not performing school now is because the respect we have for your parents. Everybody in town wants you put away. Sorry, Louise, he was fighting again. And uh, we found this. Uh, he painted the bottle. It's liquor. This is so dumb. Since when were you so smart? Come on, faster. Why? No one's chasing me. I'm chasing you. I can't do this, Pete. I'm not like you. I'm nothing. Just let me be nothing. What are you talking about? I can't make a track team. I don't even know why you Yes, you can. To... If you can take it, you can make it. What? You can take it. You can make it. All right, you train. You fight way harder than those other guys, and you win get out from under them. Or you keep going the way you're going and you end up as a bum in the streets. You could do this, Lou. Just gotta believe you can. I don't believe. I do. So Andy, you know, that clip has lots of pieces in mm-hmm. it. But what really, you know, some of the things that spoke to your heart in there? Well, I think we we all get into that situation where we just need somebody to believe in us. And Really, those are pictures of God to us. Uh, we know, you know, the devil will like likes to tell you that, you know, you're worthless. I mean, you heard it in his voice. He's like, why bother with me? And that's the way we can get sometimes, particularly if we listen to the enemy and make agreements. And so we need those strong figures, people who love us, people who we respect to speak into our lives and tell us something, tell us something that we don't see in ourselves or the potential as well. Yeah, and in Louis' story, he happened to choose his brother, you know, right. that, that, as you point out, kind of mm-hmm. does father him right. th- throughout the thing. And there was a quote that they had in there that was pretty instrumental. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about the show. What was that one? Um, if you can take it, you can make it. Oh, if you can take Okay, we, there was a couple other yeah. quotes. But yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it really – go ahead, Darren. Well, that, that one really spoke to me because uh, – if you go on and read the the book is so much more brutal right. than the movie but um but you have to think that a thousand times while he was being beaten up or a thousand times while he was thinking why am i adrift out on the open sea um why am i a prisoner in you know Kwajalein, death island right. um you have to think that he he had to remember pete's words if you can take it you can make it, you know, just keep taking it, keep taking it. Right. And uh, that it's not about getting out of taking it. It's about making it. 
and I, I think that had to have been a huge Absolutely. part of his story. Um, and I remember reading the book and watching the movie, but especially in the book, there were times I had to set it down. Oh, yeah. yeah I just definitely. couldn't read it anymore because it was so brutal. It mm-hmm. was. You know, what he went through, and we'll get to that a little bit more in a minute. But, um, Andy, from there we kind of move into the next stage in his life. Right. right? So, so he starts running, and yep. then what happens from there? So he he does very well. In fact, I think he set the world, uh, the American record or world record at that time for fastest uh, mile time, I believe it was. It was. Yeah. Fastest for, mile for, by for high a high schooler. schooler. Right. Yeah. So then he makes the Olympics, and he's not able to run the distance he wants. He has to run longer, which kind of puts him out of his place, but he still makes the Olympics team. He trains really hard in New York, loses a bunch of weight. He goes over um, on the way on the trip. Um, he just he eats himself, uh, eats so much because he's one of those um, uh, depression kids. And then he does okay in the Olympics, but he doesn't do that well. But this is his brother. He's sending him off uh, to the Olympics. Pete once again speaks into his life, and it's an important part of the movie. Zamperini is now officially the fastest high school runner in American history. Folks, this kid is on his way to the Olympics. Why would I come? You're not going to win. Sure, I know that. It's all right. Four years' time. Next Olympics, that's when I show him. This is just the tryouts for me. Tokyo. Tokyo. Smart kid. Take care of yourself, all right? Mm-hmm. I have a little fun too, huh? Say out of this pre German broads for me? You know it. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. For everything. That's the line that got me, Andy. Yep. Um, a moment of pain is worth a lifetime of glory. And um, and I have to believe that there were so many times when, you know, he remembered that as well. Right. Now, Pete is telling him that because basically he's a small guy. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the runners that he competes against feel like the way to beat him is just to beat him, literally Absolutely. to beat him yeah. up and to knock him out of his lane and all those different things. And so he's just saying, hey, look, again, it's that if you can take it, you can win this thing. And uh, that particular line in the movie definitely makes – now, talking about it before the the show, you know, Jim – brought up the point that a lot of times in our lives it's it's a moment of glory for a lifetime of pain right making a big mistake it could be a moment of glory for a lifetime of pain right but it could also be a lifetime of pain Mm. of suffering uh, of dealing with bad stuff or hard stuff for an eternity of glory right yeah absolutely i mean the what we go through here the suffering or whatever you know i think there's a scripture that talks about that that it's uh, the it really is in um you can't even equate them the the little bit of suffering which seems like a lot really is nothing compared to the glory that, glory that we will have and, and think of what happens in his life though 
that, yeah, he was in prison for three years, but, you know, for 40, 50 years afterwards, right. you know, he gave God the glory for, for coming through that. Right. And that story made so much more impact to his message. And I think a lot of it depends on your definition of glory. Yeah. You know, Pete's glory was, was th- seen through Louis. Right. Right, you know, because of the impact that he made on him. And I think sometimes we look at glory as being such a small thing that, you know, we really don't realize when God's used others in our life till we look back and see it. And we often don't know how he's used us. Right. Right, in others' lives. And, and I think that's part of that whole glory. Absolutely. We have a boot camp coming up. Robbie, do you remember when that is? And November 1st. Yeah, I like throwing <laughs> that out. November oh, yeah. 1st to the 4th, you need to go with Masculine Journey Radio. .org to register now. We're going to have a great time. It's just going to be amazing. God's going to be there for you. He's got some cool things to tell you. I can't tell you what it is, but he can. You don't want to miss it. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. I am William Wallace, and I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. God has set within each of us a masculine heart. Why? Why did he give you that heart? And what does the Christian life have to do with any of that? Come join Masculine Journey Radio for a boot camp, November the 1st through the 4th, based on John Eldridge's book, Wild at Heart. And when might that be again? That's a great question, Tiny Jim. November the 1st through the 4th. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. From up above I heard the angels sing to me these words And sometimes in your eyes I see the beauty in the world I just want to keep listening to that. It's a oh, not a bad song. Yeah, well, what is that song? That's Coldplay, and it's uh, it's the at, they play that at the end. Um, I think it's called Miracles. Mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd heard it at the movies and forgot about it, and then you know you just like to pick music. band names that Robbie hasn't heard of. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> He's over there giving me the give me the stink eye when he, I've never heard that. Why well, did we have three doors down? Yeah, 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 day, yeah, but he could wrap his head around that one. He brings in that ancient <laughs> stuff that I've never heard of either. <laughs> Yeah, Slim Whitman only has so many tags. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, back back to the story of today. We're talking sure. about the uh, movie Unbroken, which mm-hmm. is a Louis Zamperini story. Mm-hmm. And and when we left, he's he's kind of coming up from a rough childhood, mm-hmm. right? And he's starting to find some glory, right? Right in the Olympics, and it was a actually a brutal race for him too. If you read that in the book, wasn't it, Darren? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And he he finished eighth. He probably could have won. He mm-hmm. ended up um, he wasn't feeling well. He was right. sick. He as Andy said, he ate too much and everything else. And then um, he ends up, but he gets the. This is the weird thing. He gets the eye of uh, Adolf Hitler, and Adolf Hitler actually you know wants to meet him and shake his hand. Um, I guess he thought he was a good Aryan boy or something. Yeah, I, I don't know, but um, but he he does that, and uh, um, 
and then shortly thereafter, he ends up in the military right. because we've started World War II at that point in time. And, uh, uh, you know, the Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor. And he joins up like many young American men did at that time. And, uh, you know, that's the next chapter. Right. So on this next clip, um, he's they're getting ready to go out. They'd already had a, a, a really rough mission. They had landed. They'd went out and bombed and came back and landed uh, a um, emergency landing on the run. So they've already experienced some fright from, you know, potentially falling out of the sky. So they get assigned a pretty rough plane. And this is right before they go out. It's um, he's his, his, uh, um, his pilot. pilot is, is praying and he just comes up on him. So now you're praying busy before my mother does that sometimes. A lot of people do this. You say anything back? Yeah. What? He says my bombardier is a dope. <laughs> really? We usually wait for the the humor. I mean, we always put the humor first, but uh, it's kind of in the middle here. But what I liked about that, though, was we're so about in the masculine journey. If you haven't, you know, come across listening prayer you've kind of missed the masculine journey it's a key part of what we're doing and you know it's it's you know a play on that of just you know okay what's god saying are you just talking to him and you're not hearing anything back and it says that whole interaction and we as we know on down the road louis definitely hears from god so yeah and he recognizes other people do it he's just not really right subscribed to it himself right. exactly right and, you know, they go out on that mission and, and, you know, Phil's trying to kind of lighten the load a little bit too, because right. Phil is praying and it's one of the first times that he sees him praying. And in his mind, he knows that they're getting ready to take the plane out that they call the flying coffin. Right, yeah. And so, um, and, and he knows. And so when he sees Phil praying, he's kind of thinking, oh, this is That's really right. bad. Yep. Um, and, and I, I like how Phil is, is a good leader mm -hmm. there and just right. kind of plays it down a little bit right. and, and, uh, just, you know, let's go on with the mission. Absolutely. One of the things that they talked about in the book that really we talked for a show that amazed me was there were so many planes that didn't come back that weren't shot down. Right. right. It was really our first entrance into that type of warfare. Yeah, you preventive know, maintenance was not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, they then. didn't know what that meant. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so there were a lot of a lot of them were flying coffins, and, right. and the guys knew that going out. Yep. Right. So we're going to pick up on this clip. Is there anything you want to set up on it? Um, so the the next one is they've been shot down. They're in the in the water, and there's various levels of survival as you can imagine. No rent, no water. Um, you've got uh, sharks coming around. You're trying to you have nothing to eat. So they're dealing with all that. But then a storm comes up, and I was like, okay. After all this stuff of trying to survive, then a storm comes up, and uh, it's kind of uh, just uh, Louis's response to that storm. Why do we live and the others didn't? Why are we here now? Here's the plan. Go on living the best you can. You try to have some fun along the way. And then one day it's over. You wake up and there's an angel sitting at the edge of your bed. Angel says, 
ask me all those dumb questions now. Because I got all the answers. That's what you believe. Yeah. That's what I believe. that was uh really praying at that point right right yeah so the first part i didn't neglect it to say kind of it was a discussion phil and i had just about the belief in god and whether he believes he's really there or whether he created the stars and you can kind of see even phil's got a little jaded or kind of a solomon attitude you know from ecclesiastes of basically you know um you know you just try to have some fun and get through with life so it wasn't really he was providing a lot of direction at that time but it shortly after that is when the storm hit and that's louis praying out to god and i i, I thought it was interesting is he didn't just say god he said he called him father so he he was he was finally getting um a, a picture of of not only god as some ethereal thing out there but actually calling him father and we'll see the uh, the book you know and the movie you know he goes on and he doesn't really um necessarily follow up on that till much later in his life but god heard that commitment mm-hmm. and then so he prays this and very very quickly in the movie he's had this time where he's really had this interaction with god the storm subsides mm-hmm. and then we kind of pick up in this next next clip here before we get there yeah <laughs> i want to add that there there's a couple of significant things. I, I, I think it's absolutely huge that we all get to a place in our life where we need something outside of ourselves where we realize mm. I'm not capable of doing this right. on my own. Yep. And, and it, you know, that's where he makes the switch to light speed as far as I'm right. concerned. In other words, right there he realizes there's something greater than me. It's outside of myself and, and, and I need that. Right. And it, it, it kind of changes everything. But the other thing that I, I think is significant is you can see where God has been orchestrating all these fathers into his life. He, he, he orchestrated clearly, you know, his original earthly uh-huh. father, but then the brother. Right. And, and certainly there were coaches there in the Olympics. Right. And, and now we've got this pilot who's going to show him about prayer and, and, right. and kind of. And so God's orchestrating you know, the, the father role throughout that. And God's not the backup plan father. I mean, right. he's the one, he's the one who's, who's brought all this into his life. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so he has this moment with yep. his father and then what happens? So then he, uh, shortly they get, um, rescued, but they get rescued by the enemy. So he ends <laughs> up, uh, being taken to a POW camp, a couple of them. He gets introduced to this evil, evil warden, 
called the bird and uh it's very um i don't know he just tortures the crap out of him i think darren said remember from the book there was probably 150 it was horrible i mean yeah. it, it was one after right. another after another after another and then they would be nice to him and you and you and you think oh finally finally yeah, right. it's gonna just end and then boom here it comes again and and you know being rescued by the enemy i, I right. love the way you right. said that andy I don't know how many times in my life I've been rescued by the enemy, right. you know, and uh, and ended up in a POW camp right. um, ultimately and didn't realize it, obviously, at the time, right. uh, thought it was salvation probably, right. but got rescued by the enemy. Absolutely. I, there's probably a boot camp talk in there somewhere. <laughs> there probably is. You know, and they've put him through all sorts of humiliation and things. Right. And at this point, when we pick up this clip, what's yeah. happened right before that? So right before that, they, he's, they've let him come in and send a message through to his family through the radio. And that's all good. And then, But then they try to come back and get him to speak propaganda against the U.S., and he won't do it. So he ends up going to the, the prison, prison, back to prison camp. They made it to where he would had all this uh, good meals and all that if he would have stayed, but he said no. Went back to the prison camp, and then the part of the torture uh, that the bird sets up is for his own friends, his own POWs, to come and hit him. And so, as part of that, where they come and I mean punch him, just drill him. But he what he they none of them want to do it. But then they pull out Phil and off. I mean they act like they're going to torture him. So he tells him to go on, come on and hit hit me. And we don't have time for the clip because okay. we've talked a lot, but you know that was a key point that you know they they forced these people that had respect for Louis right. mm-hmm. to literally, I mean, hit right. him as hard as they could, and if they didn't, yeah. there was a price to be paid by one of the other friends. Right, and they respected him to the point where they were willing to be beat by them, you know, mm. themselves. In fact, Phil was willing to to let whatever happened to him happen to him. Right, he, he was. And um, it was out of respect for for Louis because they had all seen how much torture Louis had already put up with. And I love the way I I wish we could play that scene maybe next Mm -hmm. time. But uh, the fact of the matter is that's the enemy. Most of the time is you're either going to do it my way or I'm going to keep torturing you. Right. Or I'm going to torture you while you do it my way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You just don't see it coming. Andy, what a great movie. There's so much more to that movie. And thank you for picking it. If you haven't seen it. Go watch it. If you want to read about a thousand-page uh, book, it's worth reading. It's it really a phenomenal is. book. One of the best books yeah. I've ever read it's in my life. It's the last book I read. But anyway, <laughs> it's a great book. Go to BaskinJourneyRadio.org to register for the boot camp. We want to see you there. We want to know what God's doing with you because we know he's going to do some awesome things, and he's going to do some awesome things with us. BaskinJourneyRadio.org.